One. A lot can change in 12 hours. If you went home long, most stocks, you're probably in a bad mood this morning. Thanks to Moody's downgrade of some U.S. banks. We got some earnings. We got a big winner in Lilly. It's helping out some other drug stocks, but we got a lot of losers to discuss. This is why you're here to find out what's going on in the upcoming session. It's Tuesday. It's pre-market prep. Let's go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to this Tuesday edition. We're sinking. We're down 35 handles. I can't even count. 35 handles at 4503. Big reversal off that close. The buck right back up, up 60 cents at 102.47. Bonds getting a little lift, up a point and a half at 123. Crude in the red by a buck 82 at 8012. Gold in the red by 810. Silver in the red by a quarter at 2298. Bitcoin up $240 at $29,495. Let's bring in Triple D and Triple D. You shut down trading at 8 o'clock, and then you get the 803 news drop on the banks. What a wicked market. Everything wicked here today. Uh, yesterday, everything was pretty nice. Investors like, oh, the bull's back. Buy the dip is working. We were skeptical. I put out a skeptical tweet by saying to this morning, nice day to sell stocks. I think the bears are, remain firmly in control. Yesterday, another sucker's rally. We've seen three of these and since this market's turn. The biggest difference is, again, why I've turned bearish, at least in the short term, is because they are punishing stocks reporting any type of bad news severely. Where before, last quarter, you were missing, there was forgiveness, there was bounce backs, dip buying was coming in. We are not seeing that. What we are seeing is the opposite, where you have a stock like Datadog. I just want to start with this one because it's my point. DDOG lowered guidance, sales guidance by 2%. 2% lowered sales guidance. Stock down 22%. They are punishing any stock that misses earnings, even by the smallest little fraction, little, you know, just a little bit we missed by, just slight reduction, the size reduction. No, you cannot miss earnings this earnings season. And this is what, what about Apple? Beat. Apple beat. It wasn't, Apple wasn't beat. good enough. Still not yep. good enough because the, enough. With the, what, what they have Let's... driven. Bring us off the cliff, Mitch. Bring us in in off the cliff, Mitch. Uh, One of the biggest things, I agree agree with what Dennis is saying here, and what really happened, though, in in the revenue outlooks, right? I think that one of the biggest things that we were giving companies this big lift and forward-looking earnings was AI. AI, AI, AI. It's not there. What company is telling you that they're making this much money because of AI. I still remember everyone was saying that NVIDIA was going to make like 60 billion in 2027 because of AI. But every company is telling you that we are going to make money. And I can bring us to Palantir with this because specifically stated on the earnings call, he says that Palantir aims to make money on AI rather than just produce computer generated poetry with a tool that boards don't approve of. He said, we'll figure out how to monetize it. But it's they're not being monetized right now, these AI tools. And we gave all these companies this extreme evaluation lift all based on AI. At least that's what I feel like. We ran, but the problem was, Mitch, it wasn't just companies based on AI. We started with AI. The bubble started, you know, but then they just started buying everything. 
And Agreed. yes, valuations are still cheap in some sectors, but you know, we could take it into Lilly too. I mean, Lilly's trained 50 times earnings. I mean, and it's going to have, because this NVO, there's good drug news here today, it's going to be up more here too. But we have just gotten to a point where in the first half of this year, it was all multiple expansion. There was no earnings expansion. It wasn't like Apple was growing earnings. When Apple went on this 30 or 40% run that it had early in the year, it wasn't because they grew earnings 30 or 40%. It was, they didn't grow earnings at all. It was all multiple expansion. They took it from 24 times to 30 times. So when you're buying stocks just on hopes and dreams and AI dreams, this, you know, if you have any type of, you know, slight disappointment, the market punishes them severely. And, you know, back to the debt, no, GNRC misses, and it's not an AI story, misses earnings by two cents. You cannot miss earnings. Down 25% on that report. You cannot miss earnings right now. They are not forgiving the stocks. So, yes, most companies have beat. I think this is something like, 78% of companies have beat this earnings season. But you know what? The stocks aren't going up. And they're exhausted. They're tired. They just ran a marathon in the first six months of this year. Yeah. It was incredible. It was one of the most hated rallies. It is time to cool off. But it's scary when they cool off as quickly as they do. And I keep coming back to like a stock like Datadog. Because here's a stock that had an incredible run up 50% in two and a half months. It gets half of it back in one day. One day. My GNRC, you know, I got burned on that one. Incredible run, up 30% in basically three months. Gives it all back in three days. You know what turns investors off of the stock market? Losses. And losses that happen overnight, like a boom. Story back from the financial, or story back from when I first started trading here. I just want Holy to tell you, background. give you like context that. here. Back, take us back. I started trading break trade in 1999, 1999-2000. Stocks only went up. They only went up. We were going to go up forever. It didn't matter if the S&P was trading 30 times earnings or 29. It didn't matter that Walmart had a PE of 45. It didn't matter that Cisco was trading 80 times earnings. It did not matter. Nothing mattered. Stocks only went up. So we buy the stocks and we sell them tomorrow. I had a friend in university who says, I just buy you know, these mutual funds. You know, I, I borrow money. I buy these mutual funds and I make 20% guaranteed. I'm like, the fairy tale world that they were living in all unraveled. Now, I'm not saying we're going to that, but I'm saying a lot of this was irrational exuberance. It's this running up, running up, running up. And my story was going to be with Lucent Technologies. What started, people don't really know what, what, why did all of a sudden it all unravel? It started with one stock. The reason that the tech bubble burst and it burst, you know, it didn't burst overnight. It burst over a long period of time. But the reason it started was one stock. It was an AT&T spinoff. It was Lucent Technologies. And I can remember I was still in university or, or, or 2000. No, so I was at Bright. Um, but I can remember waking up like in the morning and my buddy was saying, Lucent's down 51%. I was like, do you mean 15%? No, 51%. It was most widely owned stock in the U.S. at that time. Most actively traded, down too. 51%. 5-1. People lost half their money on Lucent in one day. And that turned so many people off. And then it just snowballed from there. So what I've got to say to you bulls out there, you need to stop having stocks fall 20 to 25% on a slight earnings miss. Data dogs cannot continue to happen. Because if they continue... To punish stocks down 20%, DDOD is bouncing. But if they continue to punish stocks down 20% on 2% guidance reductions, we got problems because there's going to be a lot more earnings misses, you know, slight reductions because this fairy tale world that all the bulls are living in, where the earnings are just, you know, earnings don't matter. We're just going to buy 40, 50 times earnings, pay 33 times for Microsoft. That will unravel quickly if you start seeing stocks get punished like this. So I'm not going full bear here. But what I'm saying is you don't want to continue to see this happen. GNRC falling 26% because they missed you know, earnings by two cents. You can't have stocks falling 20% when they miss earnings by two cents because that means the expectations for everything is just way too high. All right. You want to get into the dog report? It's trying to catch a bounce here, but um, or do we want to go to the Moody's downgrade of uh, of the U.S. banks? I mean, that... well, I'll give a, a quick sum up here of data, Doug. So sure. the, the EPS was a beat. The sales was a beat. 
And where really Dennis is pointing out and it's showing up all over is EPS is still a good outlook. Revenues now down to 521 million, 525 million on the high end versus the estimate of 534 million. And so when you start knocking down those revenues, yes, they're going to start coming after you, at least it seems like in this current environment. But, down, but, but, but give a perspective, Mitch. That revenue, guidance 10 million. Cut, that revenue guidance cut was 2%. Yeah, they cut revenue guidance by two percent. They knocked the stock this morning down twenty-two percent on that. And yeah, it's not—it's not just Datadog. Look, you know the chat, and they're correct. Look at AYX this morning. And some of these are bigger disasters, but AYX—you know, this is a miss. So they missed earnings. They actually beat on earnings. Sorry, AYX beat beat. But on the revenue guidance, they're—they actually—they actually. I'm looking at the Q3 adjusted earnings. They're supposed to be above there too. But the guidance misses a 10%. So the, re- the revenue guidance, they're reducing it by 10 to 15%. So that's significant. It's down 22% this morning. Then you have international flavors. IFF is a theme here. I know we went off the rails, but we're talking the down 20% club. IFF was a flat out miss. 86 cents versus a buck 10, 2.93 billion. This really was a disaster quarter. And maybe it should be down as much. But again, another stock down 20%. I mean, you're yeah. popping in these stocks. And we just said, you know, in the chat, trying to make 4 or 5%, then they go through earnings and they fall 20%. Why would anyone want to take anything through earnings? I, I've taken a few stocks through earnings and I'm like, I don't think I want to take anything through earnings right now. And I've argued before, maybe there's a play to just be short all these stocks that are reporting because the ones that go up, go up 5 6%. The ones that go okay, down beyond me. really get hammered. Beyond me, also in that same category of down big today, missing. Down 15%. Boom. Beyond me, it sucks. But and, and again, you know that it, the, that's a mover, so it could have been up fifteen percent on earnings. But you're seeing these outsized moves to the downside, and that will spook investors. If you continue to see some stock or one or two or four stocks in the case of today fall twenty percent on earnings reports, people get spooked and they're like, "I don't want to take my stock through earnings. I don't want to get you know, I don't want to get data dogged. I don't want to get beyond meted. You know, I don't want to get you know, generact." It will turn people off the stock market. So the bulls thesis, they need to stop having these stocks go down 20% yep. or they at minimum need to bounce. They don't bounce after. The GNRCs continue to go down. All right, let's bring this over. We were just talking just yesterday. I think Dennis mentioned it. We were like, is the regional bank situation completely done? Well, it seems like we got another catalyst here as moody's investor service cutting the credit ratings of 10 u.s regional banks saying that it reviewed the ratings of six other institutions pointing to lower profits and higher funding costs banks like mnt bank pinnacle financial partners commerce bank shares were amongst the banks that moody's downgraded all cuts were made by a single notch all banks remained investment grade so that's another thing. It's not like they're getting put to junk. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is this included also six other banks and a negative outlook on 11 more lenders, including companies like PNC, Capital One, Citizen Financials, Ally Financials, Bank of Ozark, Regions Financial, Fifth Third. They're pretty much all the major ones that are being included here. And you definitely are seeing them down in the pre-market. Will this continue and make a new kind of uh, movement for this regional bank scare? Or is this just kind of more something that uh, we could push to the side? I'm not buying the dips. I just feel like it's just, we haven't even dipped that much. I mean, you can come in, you can say buy the dips. So Fitch starts this by Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, on the U.S. debt. And now you get Moody's coming out and they're like, not to be, you know, uh, we're going to downgrade something too. So they come out with all the banks and, you know, are putting them 10 regional banks on declining profitability and a possible recession. So listing them off here, you got BK and USB and STT. I have a trading position, STT, TFC, COF on um, negative, outlook to negative, COF, CFG, Fifth Third Bank, MTB, PNFP, BOKF. So that's the, the ones that were mentioned. But then, you know, obviously there could be other regionals that, you know, are possible. It could be impossible. You've got them up there now. It's excellent. Um, I mean, KRE has been looking good. 
the charts look pretty good. But, you know, have we run up too far too fast? Have we now just forgotten that we lost three or four banks earlier in the year? Maybe it's not a bad call. Maybe it's time for some of these stocks to cool off a little bit because it's been a pretty good run. Again, more, you know, evidence that this market wants to cool off and they get, you know, something like this, it cools off quickly. Uh, but, well, now the other thing is, uh, what about S&P? I was just looking up the different rating agencies, Moody's, right? Fitch, then Moody's, S&P. Now, S&P, back you're, on day. you're on deck. Yeah, S&P's <laughs> on, on deck. deck. They did go. it in April of 2011, and that caused a pretty good sell-off in the market. I was just looking at the charts here. The market did recover, but I think it's a different kind of situation now, right? Uh, the economic inflation. I mean, who was talking about inflation numbers back then? So, man, oh, man, it just uh, really caught the market by surprise right after the, uh, right after the AP, uh, 8 p.m. close here. I tell you, I'm still holding some regional banks, and they're getting hit still in the green on a lot of these. But man, this second, this this second downgrade, man, that has, I mean, that just very un. I guess the first one was unexpected, but uh, I guess the reaction to the second one is not. And Dennis, you saw some uh, after hours action in this too, and um, boy, oh boy, what a what a move in these. I I don't know where you go. I mean, we the thing about a lot of these banks is they're they've had tremendous rallies and they're nowhere yes, they near their lows in the move. Yes, like, where do you go? There's just nothing. Everything ran. Now we have the everything market. We talked about it in June. What hadn't gone up started going up. The IWM started breaking out early June. This is when we turned around and said, you know, me and money Mitch were like, we got to get off this bear train because IWM is breaking out now. So now yeah. we get everything going. So now the everything rally has happened. The everything rally occurred in June and July. So now what's left to rally? They were trying to rally some of the beaten down meme stocks at the end of Joel's point. That's usually towards the end of the cycle. Well, you saw, you know, some unraveling and like upstart yesterday. Full disclosure, I do have a trading position on that. But you saw unraveling in a lot of these, you know, names that have been going up irrationally. Quick unraveling. Like, boom, boom, down 20 bucks upstart. How you like them apples? Just give yeah. back. It took two months to go up, and it was an incredible move. It gives back half of it in two days. Nothing turns investors off like, you know, like watching your stock climb, 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 climb. I make up 1% every day. And then, boom, it goes down 20, and you're like, what the hell just happened? I don't even think Upstart reported anything. Not yet. Down, Not till tonight. It could be down to 40s, earnings. 30s it's down, down another percent Full disclosure, like I said, I have a trading position. I'm going to trade it. Um, I don't even know what to say at this point in time. On yeah, momentum like, names definitely they're, they're, broken. If you look under the hood, there's many disasters everywhere. Here's the problem: you look under the hood. We didn't have these many disasters. Three, the, like in January, everything was a disaster. It wasn't many disasters. Everything was a disaster, and they started relief rallying, and then they just went. But now, in the last few days, so we had this incredible bull market with some stocks went up 100 percent, met up 200 percent. You know, just incredible runs. But now you're going to keep getting these data dogs, these many little disasters here. Yep. That's a serious problem because many disasters, you know what happens when you get a little bit of fires, a little bit of fires, all of a sudden, you know, you have the wildfires and they start catching everywhere. It was the same reason we started breaking out on everything back in June. So if we continue to get these little mini disasters, it will spread. And that's why I think you've got to be selling rallies. And yesterday was a fantastic opportunity to raise some cash. We need to hold the previous day's low, 446.27. But the, you know, if you're if you're bullish, you can't be making new lows because if you take out that 446.27 two days ago, then you start thinking about 440. But it just seems to be like overhead supply everywhere now. And we didn't have that before. All right, let's keep going. Let's go into another report that's always seems interesting for a bellwether of the economy. Let's go to UPS here. Uh, United Parcel Ooh, Service boy. Q2 adjusted EPS at $2.54 beats the $2.50 estimate. Sales of $22.1 billion missed the $23.11 billion estimate. Full year 23 revenues outlook is $93 billion versus a $96.77 billion estimate and did a little bit more research on why the revenue is coming down. Of course, 
reduced forecast factored in after the labor contract with Teamster. And then when you look at their domestic package revenue, it was at $12.79 billion versus a $14.81 billion outlook. And then international package revenue also down at $3.53 billion versus a $4.68 billion consensus. So pretty much struggling on a lot of their areas. And then you're going to give more money to the labor. Yes, this is going to affect it negatively moving forward. The problem is UPS is a more gauge of consumer spending as well. You don't mm -hmm. like to see UPS, you know, seeing revenue fiscal year 23, 93 billion versus analyst estimates, 96 billion. Tells me the consumer is spending a little bit less. So maybe it's starting to show up. Maybe they're getting a little bit more stretch. We know the consumer is doing stuff. The question was, are they still buying stuff? So maybe they are sacrificing buying stuff to do stuff because it's busy out there. The recession is not imminent when you're going out to restaurants and doing stuff. People are finding money to do stuff. Hence, you know why the airlines had really good earnings. You know why a lot of other things. But are they finding money to buy stuff or are they just moving it saying, well, I'm not going to buy this, you know, whatever the hell I was going to buy, knickknack or, you know, this new couch or this desk or this, you know, chair for my house. I'm going to just go on a trip instead. So far, you know, Amazon was fine. So that looked okay. But, you know, FedEx wasn't fantastic. UPS a little bit concerning here. So it's somewhat concerning. I'm not throwing the towel on the consumer here. Just saying there's cracks. Cracks. I think there's another factor with uh, with the UPS. And that's mm -hmm. people, that are, if they need something, they're not ordering it. They're going to the store. They're getting out. I mean, that, you know, now we're, people you know, go to the store, years. Joel? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Go to the store. store. I, yeah, that's my, that's my social life for me. Um, no, I mean, you you know, you don't have to get, I mean, we still get our daily deliveries and stuff, but, yeah. you know, who who needs, you know, people are going out buying things. Uh, just real quick, recapping the price action here. Uh, if you were holding out for the lows of the move, it was just under 167 and it didn't get there. It got to 168.61. We bounced four bucks off it, but I think if, uh, you know, on a decline here, Keep an eye on that area. I mean, it's a whole zone. One six, actually, one sixty six thirty. There's multiple lows there, so I can give you that as you know potential support if we get there. It, in order to get to the uh, fill the gap, it's going to take a while on this one. One eighty seventy four. Street kind of leading the right way into this report, though. You've had uh, wow, wow, six or seven down days before the report. So a uh, little pop, not shortening in the hole, and not too sure we're going to get back even under that pre uh, under that one seventy area. Uh, just take a quick look at FDX Federal Express. Oh boy, that had a that had a triple bottom. Now look at that as resistance. I know that reports a little bit later in the cycle, but you can mark. Oh, that's not even too far away. Two sixty two would two sixty two twenty four would be a gap fill on that one. So definitely punishing it. Uh, not as severe as the UPS, but uh, FDX. Look at, I don't know, through the only down three sixty six so far. I don't know about this one. All right. All right. I see you guys out there, team. Don't worry. We're going to go to Eli Lilly. We will mention oh. AMC a little later today. I see the apes in the chat. They're definitely the apes are wanting in the chat? to talk. Okay. <laughs> they want to talk some AMC, but let's go to the, let's go to the more important first. Let's go to Eli Lilly here and let's talk about the healthcare stocks today. <sighs> Eli Lilly Q2 adjusted EPS at $2.11 beats the $1.99 estimate sales of $8.31 billion beats the 7.58 billion estimate they raised full year revenue guidance also uh just want to state here positive uh prior guidance here was on an adjusted eps at eight dollars and 65 cents to eight dollars and 85 cents they're now seeing it up to nine dollars and 70 cents to nine dollars and 90 cents so big jump there on the adjusted eps outlook Positive results in phase three for their trailblazer Alzheimer's study. Um, that's going well. Completed submission of their chronic weight management drug. And that drives us also into the major news today coming from NVO as they announced Tuesday that it's weight loss therapy, uh, Segma glutide uh, led to the 20% reduction in adverse cardiovascular events in phase three trial for obese or overweight adults with cardiovascular disease. Of course, 
this is their weight loss drug and it achieved primary objectives. So that's why NVO is up and it's actually giving Lily also a nice lift since they're going for their weight management drug. That was the reason Lily, Lily was actually up before. If you bring up the chart, you can see Lily was trading up before the earnings report here. It started running on the NVO news. And then obviously they had their earnings report and they raised guidance. And it was a good report here too. It gets up to 500. I mean, I don't know, Lily. It's trading 50 times earnings though. I'm like, it's it's got everything going right right now. You know, definitely perfect. You know, it's been just, everything's been going perfectly for them. So, you know, should it be up at all time highs? Maybe, but it's still trading 50 times earnings. I mean, I sold it when it back got back to 25 times earnings. I would have mistake that was. Because I bought it when it was nine times earnings back like in 2011 or 2012. So valuation, you know, just continues to expand here. Everybody thinks that it's going to grow into that multiple because this weight loss drug is going to be the biggest drug that the world's ever seen. Maybe that's the case. Better not have any hiccups along the way. Because it is priced for per. Wow, you cleared the $500 mark uh, when you got to 50306 in the pre-market trading. Oh, boy, oh boy. I mean, I, Berkshire Hathaway was a different story, but I think you had a different market yesterday. I, if, if you have, the only thing I'm going to say on this one, if you have a price target anywhere near here, you're getting a pretty good opportunity because this is just, it's just a big stock. It's up on big volume. My expectations that it won't go back to the pre-market high just because there's just got to be some just option, you know, uh, people with options. If you had, let's say you took a flyer on the 470 calls, I'm sure there was not an expectation for the, the straddle to have this big a move. Uh, I could give you support. Yeah. If, uh, if you're waiting to buy this thing, stick your order out at 455. That was the top of yesterday's range. Don't see that coming into play in a while, but what a move in Eli Lilly. The NVO too. I know Michael Crockett's happy about this one. He's been asking about it. I mean, you get the news, you're blowing away the old time high by over uh, by $10, $12. I guess the only thing I'd say, if you got a if you got targets in this area or you could take them or just move your stop up. I mean, because this is I think this is a gift, gift pop in both of these stocks. One thing that I would say is uh, I know Dennis and I have always been kicking ourselves for not having Eli Lilly when we wanted it at three thirties. But now yeah, here close to five hundred. Dennis, would you be selling here? I think yeah. I would have hit the sell button yeah, today. I'd, I'd hit the sell button. Yeah. I'd hit the sell button today. But I'm for sure. selling always, so maybe. Yeah, but like you know, <laughs> it, it's it's good to know also where you and I would probably sell the position. I think because another thing to think about is you know this has come a long way since March, right? It's up sixty percent almost since March. Um, that's a pretty good move for Eli Lilly. Who right? cares about you guys? Run. What if you're an institution that's long? You know. Do you keep it up here, Joel? What do you think? Shares. What do you think? Are they keeping oh, it here? I've already said what I think. I mean, I would put it been out at 470 or 480. Yeah. I wouldn't be hanging around. This up is a nice there, gift but, pop. Yeah, uh, you know, drill uh drill down on your shorter term charge for this one. I mean, the you know, the important thing too on a day like this will be a lot of liquidity, you know, off the open. So if you do get a sympathetic run like back over 5, you know, the, you know let's say you open at this area, you run back over 500, you come down through the open. I just can't. I can't see. I mean, if you're short, you're eating it. I don't know what you do off the open, but man, oh man, 500, 503. What a what a move in Lily and same thing. I mean, I think institutions are being coy here, but uh, we'll see what happens when liquidity comes in. Uh, the may, I mean, it's already traded a half a million. That's a lot for Lily. Anything can in happen the today. Anything can happen tomorrow. But I mean, if you're coming and investing in Lily now. Oh, I feel like you're really late to the party. But again, these parties go on a lot. You know, sometimes I leave a party at 11 o'clock, goes till two in the morning. So, you know, <laughs> timing, like nobody knows when exactly that, you know, they're going to pull the rug or, you know, when the party's going to end or the cops are going to show up um, in the case of like some of these other stocks. But it's difficult to, you know, sit. And, and I mean, and some people just hold and hold and hold and hold forever. But, you know, take it back to Biogen. Chat's talking about this one. I mean, Biogen, the Alzheimer's drug, the move up to 450. It went over from like 300 to 450 in that one day, Joel. I yeah. mean, that was like the sell of all sells. 
That was the opportunity. It, it did it a couple times. It yeah. did it a couple times. It originally, back I remember in fifteen when it did that, and then it got that pop in uh, mid twenty one. But uh, as Harlan Pyan would say, "Sell your peanuts when the circus is in town," and we got a full blown circus in those few, uh, those few stocks. Don't worry about the peanuts. What about the popcorn and AMC? Let's go oh. to it. <laughs> Uh, is there uh, AMC Entertainment Holdings Q2 adjusted EPS at zero? All right. Not too bad. Uh, beating the four-cent loss estimate. Sales of $1.35 billion beat the $1.29 billion estimate. And AMC attendance up 12.2% year over year. I can't talk AMC on the show because if I say anything negative, people just hate me. So what? I'll just leave it at that. AMC, you you don't like uh, AMC, Dennis? I'm not saying anything positive. <laughs> I'll say it for you. I don't like it, guys. I don't like it. I didn't say it. It was Mitch that said it. So when you spend the 2000 <laughs> No, believe it or not, I was looking at this yesterday to maybe just make a little bit of a play. But at this point, like, let's be honest, guys. AMC, it's not coming back to these levels. It's... At maximum, maybe what now? A uh, $20 company? I would never, ever in my life probably look to see AMC over 30 again. Uh, I'm just going to comment on the short-term price action, getting uh, the Barbie lift here. Uh, just uh, alert our traders and investors that you have one daily high at 548. That's a little bit less than we're playing. So you want to see file through through that. And then things open up on the dailies. That was on the eight news that it popped over six bucks. So 548, make sure you clear that to have a sustained bid. And then you can see a couple highs over six bucks uh, going back since March. And uh, if you're looking to buy it on a pullback, you can. <laughs> You're not too far from the top of yesterday's range. That's only a dime away at 528. Shall we do the Pelantir? I know the chat will kill me if we don't actually go through the earnings here. So the Q2 EPS here at five cents in line, sales of 533.32 million, missed the 533.88 million estimate. They did authorize a $1 billion buyback. Government revenues accounted for 57% of total sales. Uh, recently announced a contract from the U.S. Special Operations Command that could be worth up to $463 million. And you guys heard my AI comments earlier. They're saying that they're trying to figure out how to monetize it, not that it's being monetized right now. I bought this last night at 16.09 on that first You night. had to. You had to. I, <laughs> I had mean, to. Well, no, I didn't have to do anything. You too. I just looked at all to. those 16s, and I was like, if, I, any, I, if this I, is going to bounce, it's going to be at 16. I looked at the chart. <laughs> I looked at the dailies. Multiple lows at 16, and I'm like, all right. I, I'm like, just going to – and I did it on half size. So I was like, I just bite. And I'm like, ah. Uh. It popped <laughs> up to like 16.75 like a minute later, and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I did a quick like 60, 70 cents, and I was like, I obviously should have held it. I did not foresee this thing going all the way back up to green, but it did. And now it started to leak here again because the overall market is leaking. But the 16 buy was kind of an obvious one. Obviously, I sold too soon though. Uh, did you catch it? Did you just uh, did you catch it on the way down? Well, or I waited till I saw a little bounce, and then it chopped around there just above 16. It took straight through 16. I see. And then it, it chopped around there, and I was like, it's like. I'm like, this is a level, and this stock is still loved here. I'm thinking this is going to be by the dippers that come into the stock, and they did. So, yeah. anyways, that was a good trade. I had yeah. a lot of bad trades last night too, so don't <laughs> kid yourself. This has been an interesting. It was an interesting. Uh, yeah, I I think we talked about this one on the closing. I mean, you know, who knows where it's going to, you know, the long term for this. Uh, but man, that 16 was a nice area. You got a pop. You actually went green on this thing. What was the close from yesterday? Seventeen ninety nine. I think I look at that close today. Eight, you know, seventeen ninety seven, eighteen bucks. I think that's good resistance. I don't know why it got back up to eighteen fifty, uh, but the bulls got their work to do to get it uh, to get it back over the close. And then 
coming back on the downside, I uh, don't know if you're going to get a buck and a half off the low. So you might have to wait another couple days or a week market to get it back uh, at that $16 area. Nothing really relevant. One sixteen seventy four low, but you traded through that by over a buck in the pre-market. So there's a look at Palantir. All right. I was going to take a look at Lucid, but that thing ain't going nowhere, man. I don't think we need to talk too much about that. Let's keep moving. Let's go to our guest today. I know that you guys are as excited as I am. Just, just say really quickly, fire in the hole and get to the topper because you guys know who's coming. It's our man, Kenny Glick. Come on, right. get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. What's going on? How we doing? The warlock in the house. Of course, you guys can check him out on hitthebid.com. Let's get to the action. Uh, Palantir has been making great moves and uh, different stocks definitely have been riding the momentum. Has the momentum been broken here? Absis Murphy, yeah. Who holds stock with their <laughs> earnings reports? By the way, Dennis, I follow you on Twitter. You just you nailed it. You said this market just went from a buy on dip to sell on rip, and its sentiment changes just like that. If 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 the downgrade of U.S. debt and Apple reporting earnings and not going up ten percent hasn't woken your open your eyes, then what else do you need? So again, I don't hold stocks into earnings reports anyway. It's been a great run. Everyone's a genius when you go up for three straight months. I've been selling before they report. And uh, again, I bought the dip on Palantir yesterday. And, you know, again, most of the stocks that I own last time we were on the show, I don't own them anymore because I don't own stocks. <laughs> I mean, it was fun while it lasted and the, the jig is up. So now I'm back to cash and we're playing the game. Do you uh, Are you shorting stocks on the rips? Or are you like seeing and taking the other side now? Sentiment has turned like looking for like. You know, those pop-ups to get short or how, like, how do you trade it? You know, it's more of a question. I come in and I look at, like today, I'm looking at Palantir, Para, uh, Global, I'm looking at Non-Meat, I'm looking at Central, I'm looking at uh, Chegg. So when they're down, especially after I've sold them, I'm just looking to buy. I'm looking for these dips. And again, if they consolidate enough, I'll, you know, I'll look to buy Beyond Meat. Even that, you know, again, if it goes down to 12 bucks, I'll start sniffing around half numbers, whole numbers. So go right back into day trading mode. Now that we've had some fun swinging and investing, we're right back into just trading VWAP and looking for reversions on these gap downs. You know, again, they haven't been really great. You know, I was looking at Palantir and Square for bounces. They never came. We were looking at GNRC for a bounce. It never came. And that's also an implication that sentiment has changed. The buy-ins yes. are, they're a little bit scared right now, and they should be. We've seen a lot of different catalysts hit the market, right? Uh, you know, over the years, but uh, you know, now with now with these downgrades of uh, um, of the U.S. debt and then the the banking debt. I mean, going back into your your trading uh, your trading history and stuff. I mean, there's always seems to be like these unknown catalysts. Uh, you know, looking at the bank stocks with the you know the the rally, the break, the rally that they had, or are you just staying that you know there, or let the you're gonna let the let the dust settle? I, I I'm absolutely back to being a day trader. So again, a lot of the things that mattered to me three months ago matter do not matter to me whatsoever right now, and that's what I like about you know again being able to pivot. That's why I've survived for 30 years. First sign of danger, I'm out. I'm out. And I also sell the winners and the losers on the same day. I don't care if I'm taking small losses because most people just sell the winners first because that's an easy sell. And then all this stuff is, is the dreck and the dreck usually gets worse. So then you're stuck with your losers. And next thing you know, all the profit that you made that you already locked into starts to dwindle because the ones you're left with are getting worse and worse and worse. So I just hit the monster key. And I get rid of all of them at the same the time. Monster oh, key. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sell Back Big in the red day. button. Back in the day. Do not all hit I got right now is I still like Palantir. I might switch from stock to options because I don't want to sell into this report tonight. Uh, I got the rig, which again, look what's happening right now. We were we were on the nice collision course with 10. I held through the number. It was all right. And now the stock's back to eight. You know, I still got a few ones, GDRX. You know, I like I like some of these stocks that have been hammered so much that, you know, again, where are they going to go? But, you know, you're up 20, 30% on a position going into the report. Why not Why not ring the register? 
Why not indeed? And uh, one of the things that I definitely agree with, Kenny, is you just mentioned it. When rotation starts going against you, you got to be quicker than most because if not, you quickly not only give up those gains that you had, but those losers can really quickly start dragging you down. And then you take that equity wave hit. And I think that's what major, major day traders run into in, in their problems, in their equity waves, right? They start climbing that equity wave but then they take major down draws that just destroy them versus oh, yeah. just continuing to climb that and be willing to be patient in a time like this. If you can't short, just waiting for the longs to set up again. I know that's one thing that you teach often, of course, and you teach a lot about on VWAP. Um, are you looking for more of kind of mean reversions coming on the downside also? Because I know that you like looking at stocks that start fading away from the VWAP, coming back to it. Is that the type of play you'd be looking at in this environment? Well, the gap downs, I'm looking for reversions to the upside. But the overall market, I'm still, again, the cues are hanging in there. This is this they is just are. a standard pullback. You got, yeah. a, you know, a double, almost a triple top at 387 and change. You came in the 15 points. You just held support again in the pre-market, that 371 area. If we break 371 with some with some volume and some some gusto, we could drop another 20 points. That's the trade that I'm looking for. So if I get the signs and volatility, you got UVXYs finally not as dead as it's been. VIX finally sprung to life. You've got reasons to sell now. I still need to be convinced. So you've got to break down under that you know, major support on the queues. That's going to be where I look to short. I don't like to short individual stocks because if I do short these queues, I'm probably going to hang in there for three days. Usually these, these sell-offs are good for three days. And then they make the turn. So I'm stalking the cues for a, for a big position short. But other than that, I'm just sticking, you know, again, with these gap down stocks looking to play today. You know, like I said, it's, it's not that I like beyond meat long term. But when you're down 17, 18 percent, usually you get washed out over 20 percent. And then you get a little turn. And for us little day traders, we're buying 2000 shares of a $12 stock. It pops 30 cents. Have a nice day. You know, that's that's what we do. And, you know, that's what I've been doing forever. So, you know, right back to that, right back to that. And we've got a huge list of stocks that are reported today. So there's mm -hmm. going to be a lot of action. I don't think we're going to have a boring August because August used to be great. I remember, Dennis, we used to have great August and August became just the most boring, awful yeah. month. I think it's there's too much. There's too much at stake right now for August to be boring. I think it's going to be. uh all over the place. I keep thinking it's going to slow down, but now as the market starts to crater here, now you get investors nervous and it's like, yeah, oh, I better, you know, do a little bit of, you know, maybe, you know, portfolio adjusting here. So institutional money managers are moving money around here so far. So, so far, no, no crickets in August. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was, I'm kind of looking forward to a couple of days of, of, of just consolidation, but right now the, the action is just great. And again, you've been tra the 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 action's been carrying through the whole day. Usually by twelve, between twelve and two, I'm taking a nap, you know. But there's been plenty to do. It's some day. reversals. I know, I know. It started a week ago, Thursday, uh, with the DOJ. I mean, with just the market's just been getting hit uh, with bad news. But I, I think you make a, a very good point, you know. With and I was looking for the flop, you know, Friday. What a horrible day on Friday. The old Friday Monday purge, right? Yeah. And then you open up the, you know, the 6 p.m. open. It turns out to be the exact low of the day. And then you mosey up and you're like, you don't get long the whole day. And then at the end of the day, you're like, man, yeah. well, why would I go short on that kind of close? What a strong close. You got the momentum. But uh, I want to turn it to some individual issues here. I know you're good at catching uh, uh, turning points and uh, uh, AI. I mean, we could go to the stock AI kind of in uh, no man's land. But uh you know, where are you at? I mean, is that, you know, Mitch is calling for the AI bubble. It's been burst. People are not really showing any profits from it. Uh, what, what's your take on the whole chat GPT and uh, the AI craze? Well, you know, the easy answer was Palantir to play the AI. You know, I, I like that yeah. name. That was my AI play. We were buying, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if you remember the joke, AAOI. We bought the stock because you got <laughs> two A's for the price of one. And the stock went up a thousand percent. I mean, that's the kind of market we were in two months ago. That That's yeah. fun. But, you know, if you're yeah. looking at some of these names, you know, I use extended VWAPs. I use very, very specific prices. So if I was still in the AI, it did break down slightly. But, you know, again, you're looking at 31 and change as your danger zone there. Because if it gives up the 30s, you're going right back to 25. And then fear takes over. And this thing could go right back to 18. But, you know, again, 
right now that stock's been hanging in there pretty well. I would I'd be dumping it if it breaks breaks under thirty one bucks. But that whole sector, listen, that's that was the name of the game, and I can't wait to see what Nvidia does on their earnings report because I think <laughs> this idea of just mentioning AI ten thousand times. If there's ever been a sell on the news moment, I, I gotta think it's going to be you know when they report. So that's that's where I'm at right now. And you know most of these stocks they're just going to fade, and you're going to find some support. And some the ones that don't find support, like my NNOX, what a dog. Sorry about that one, guys. This one has not caught a bid. And you know again, some of these you just you go down on the ship with. You know again, just gave back six months of hard work on this one. We have some long term leaps on it garbage but you know again and this this was a very easy story to get involved in johnson johnson bought a stake in the company we were like all right here we go they got our back yeah next thing you know it's down 50 percent. so you know it's okay to be wrong you just don't stay wrong and if these stocks start to roll over just hit that monster key it's an it's a great thing it's ripping the band-aid off just get rid of them all at the same time get back to cash refresh and then like you said when the dust settles there's always opportunity Yes, awesome uh, term there and quote. It sounded like you've been listening. Awesome, my man. Dennis Dick says that one all the time. It's not about, you know, understanding about being right or wrong, but understanding when we are wrong so that we quickly adjust. You guys see how nimble and quick the warlock is. Definitely check him out, of course, on hitthebid.com. I'm going to throw up your link right here in the chat for everybody to go check it out. Like always, if you guys want to know more about it, you guys can just hit Kenny up. He'll definitely get you guys in. And uh, I, I definitely, you know what I want to do, Warlock? I want to get your son on. I, I, I want to get him on here. Gotta hurry. So uh, we're, we're going to have to push to get that happening. Um, I got to see uh, the Warlock Jr. coming yeah, in here. Yeah, I was here. just going to say that. We're calling him, we're calling oh. him the machine. Actually. The machine. I like it. I like it. So no he deserves nice. the real no get no to the fear, chopper. All algorithmic trading. He right. deserves to get to the chopper. He's the real one. All right. Come on. So bring him back on. Always good to have you, Kenny. We'll have you good back you on. Guys. Check Kenny. him out, guys. All right. I'll see you guys. Good luck today, everybody. Thank you. Take hey. care, Kenny. All right. Nice let's bounce. get back to the market nice bounce. here. Bounce hand over here. Uh, we are coming back here. We almost got, I guess you can cancel your bids right now at uh, Friday's low. That was the line in the sand for the S&Ps this morning. Uh, 44.93.75 was that panic low on Friday. You got within a couple points of it. Now you got a 13-point bounce. So I think someone just came in with a little bit of a fat finger when we breached the uh, the 4,500. But back above yesterday's low. So some of the buy the dippers have already bought the dip. And, and, and right. you're not going to break that mentality, but like not overnight. And that's why I say like you don't have to sell in the hole. You're going to get opportunities here. And we had another opportunity yesterday. I mean, I just think overall it's turned. I think the path to least resistance is going to be lower. I think we're going lower. But I think short term here, you're going to get opportunities and use those opportunities. If you're all full in, if you're full in and margined out along this market, thinking this party is going to continue, I believe you are wrong. I may be wrong. But I think you're wrong. I think there's going to be some more pain here ahead. And it's the little tea leaves that are giving me signals that it's time to take some risk off. Do you have to go all to cash? No. Do you have to go shorting stocks? No. But if you're 100% invest in this market, or in some cases 200% because people invest on margin, please, I think it's time to just, you know, raise some cash. Like get a little bit more cash, be a little bit more conservative because I do think the second half is not going to be nearly as easy as the first half was for the Bulls. All right, let's go to an interesting stock that had some decent report. Uh, QSR, Restaurant Brands International, coming in with some good sales. I guess Dennis has just been just eating nothing but Tim Hortons because uh, same store sales growth of 11.4%. Burger King, same store sales rose 10.2%. Uh, they are spending a pretty good amount on advertising for Burger King as they try to really get those sales started there. They spent $10 million on advertising for Burger King alone during the quarter, uh, beating on EPS here and also beating on sales. People are eating at fast food, whether that's a trade down that they're maybe not going out or maybe they're just finding, but the fast food restaurants are still busy. McDonald's, though, think about the McDonald's report. That was a fantastic exactly. report. Yep. 
mm-hmm. they turn around and pull the rug out from under it. Yep. So yeah, maybe exactly QSR is going to just rip roar, but you look at the 78 and you think, holy overhead supply and resistance, like crazy up here. So great report, but the stock is run as well. So, I mean, this goes to my point, just being short all these stocks in report. Here's a beat, beat, comps up 10%. And the stock is, you know, traded 153 shares. Nobody cares. No one cares. And, and it reported, I know. You know, and it reported two hours ago. Nobody cares. So on these huge beats, and this is a pretty huge beat for a fast food restaurant, you're not seeing this relentless buying. We have to own this stock. You're seeing crickets. And then when they miss by two cents, they punish them down 20%. Yeah. Market sentiment has turned here. I think the QSR should be higher, but I don't know. Tough it's day. not going higher, not very fast. Maybe it's going to go once the stock opens. Maybe you're going to see this thing rip higher, but you have resistance up at 78. And after McDonald's, I'm not you know, going to say that this fast food restaurant, that's what it is, a bunch of fast food restaurants, it's going to just you know rip up 10% on this report. Yeah, know. Mickey D's, it was wild on that earnings day. And I've kept to thinking about that 500 level. It had never been there. So I, that's a, the first thing I was thinking about for QSR. I mean, you're open right at yesterday's high. You got a good report. So let's if you want this one, you got to catch a bid right away, right off the uh, 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 right off the previous day's high and close. 74.66 was the high. And then I would just be thinking if they really like this report today, I think you should get half of this move back or close to it. And that would be up at like the 75 and a half area. No daily highs except for uh, 75.29. So if you can hold a bid off the open here, uh, next target on the upside be 75.29 that nestles in right with the 50% retracement of the recent move. And uh, how about Wendy's? No one cares about Wendy's, do they? That stock um, just... I was going to bring in uh, Chipotle, also not a good move after Oh, yeah, own, yeah, so. it's Chipotle. Ooh, and they try ooh. to buy the dip for a couple of days, and it starts to leak again. Exactly. It's not exactly. working. It's not like last quarter where, you know, we bought Airbnb and AMD after they disappointed, and we did really well with those buys. It's okay. different this time. They are not bouncing, and they're not bouncing right off the bat. People thinking, like, they're coming in here. Stock's down 20%. It's bound to go up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That worked very well last quarter. That is not working this earnings season. CMG back down to the lows, near the lows. What's also not working is I'm taking a look at the utilities and they're going lower. You can take a look at it by XLU or take a look at Duke Energy today. Q2 adjusted EPS at 91 cents, misses the 98 cent estimate. Sales of 6.58 billion beat the 6.57 billion estimate. They affirm full year 23 EPS guidance here, but the XLU looks horrible to me. Well, well the bond market do. Yeah, yeah, the bonds, the bonds, and like why you know why take risk? Like Dennis mentions this a lot. You know, utilities you're paying four, five, six percent with risk. I mean, you bought this thing at sixty nine. We'll see. Oh, this is back at sixty. With the, the XLU, uh, the Duke. I mean, this is uh, until and also you got you got some economic data coming. Maybe we could get a little bit. What I like to see is uh, you know, a little relief rally, you know, into those numbers on uh, on Thursday and Friday, because I think I'm scared uh, of those numbers, man. O- yeah. We've heard from it. Oil oil has been hot, man. And uh, if we get some kind of spike in inflation from CPI. How will this market react? All questions to be had. Right. I mean, that's going to be definitely something else. Um, what do you guys think about uh, the billionaire uh ch- Charlie Egen merging Dish and Echo Star. I saw that. <laughs> Who I wants saw that Dish, too. man? Who wants Dish? <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I don't know how you go after this company, but hey. This story is over. I'm maybe sorry. he sees something. He says to expand mobile and satellite telecom empire. So Echo Some Star. things are just obvious. You know, five years ago, it was obvious that Dish was in trouble, you know, and then streaming in the last two or three years. You're turning around and investing in Dish networks when you see what's happening in streaming. The long-term trend was just going to go against you. I mean, anybody who was buying Dish at $30, $40 back in 2021 was not reading anything. Like nothing. <laughs> because we knew streaming was taking over. So yeah. is it surprising that Dish is $7.40? This might be one of the most obvious trades yeah, that was out shorts. there in the last three or four years. The cutting of the cord, the cutting of the satellite dish cord, the streaming just took over here. It's why AT&T and Verizon, the same thing. Dish Network, all these stocks, hate them all. 
Uh, you can't even find a channel on that thing, the dish. There's like you the commercials, six- Joel. The commercials are just out of hand. They must be have subscribers so down that they're putting more commercials. It's half commercials. It used to be like 30% commercials. It's half commercials. <laughs> you watch your show for five minutes and there's a five minute commercial. Then it's five minutes. Yeah, of show, this is why I pay for no commercial. commercials. My kids go nuts because they're used to just watching their streaming. They're what the hell? They can't watch that. None of the younger yeah. generation tolerates commercials in the middle of their shows. They don't tolerate it. So not not to that extent. Like maybe 30 seconds they'll tolerate it on YouTube. They're not tolerating a five-minute commercial. They're not tolerating it. The whole business model is completely broken for yeah. all the stream. For all, streaming has just decimated. Marketing, cutting marketing, Dennis. And if you're it, investing in these legacy TV companies, you are doing everything wrong. You're noticing an even um, more shift in marketing overall, right? Let's just be honest. These companies and brands moving forward will be trying to do different marketing. They're no longer thinking about the $4 million commercial. They're thinking about giving the influencers 20000 30000 Let them do the push and hire like 50, 60 people to push your brand versus just doing one commercial with that amount of money. This is where the shift of the next generation is going in marketing. So that's one thing that I would definitely put out there. If you guys can understand this trend, maybe you can find some edge there. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's wrap up the market here. It's 8.57. We can take a look at something else. But I think at this point, let's just look at the market. Let's see how we're reacting. Do you feel that for some reason the Moody's could actually affect some of the bigger banks today? What do you guys think about that? Like JPM, GS. Um, all these stocks down. have been ripping. Banks are slaughtered here today. The banks yeah. are slaughtered. TLT probably not helping them because TLT is ro- roaring higher here today. And we've been worried about the TLT breaking down for the overall market. But now the TLT is going up because it's risk off. Like it's like, oh, yeah, we need to go protect our capital. It's funny how, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that relationship comes back into play. Day like today, they're selling everything. So they're buying bonds and risk off. Risk off day. But the banks are slaughtered here today. Across the board, they're all down 1.5, 1.6. Regionals are down 2 to 3% here across the board. They've had an impressive run here too. So maybe not so much some of these bigger ones, but the regionals have bounced a lot. And even the bigger ones have bounced pretty good. I mean, it just feels like it's time to ring the register and like everything. Like I like Kenny's sell all button. You know, sell all. Let's mm-hmm. sit out and watch because right now the yeah. risk reward just doesn't set up well. I, I mean, you're seeing stocks fall 20% on earnings and going up 5% when they're good earnings. It just doesn't set up well from the long side. So sitting out this next little while, I think it's prudent if you're an investor. Uh, keeping an eye on, uh, similar to the S&P, keeping an eye on Friday's low. Uh, we got close to that in the pre-market and we caught a nice bounce. So I think... Uh, but vigorously, the bulls have to really defend that low. And so far, they're doing a pretty good job of it. Uh, coming back on the upside, mm, I'd be looking at like, uh, well, you'd like to see the close on a lot of things, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I just would look uh, for some odd, you know, minor retracements midway back in the S&Ps would be 45, uh, 18. So that would be a potential target uh, with your longs. But, uh, you know, we got the news that by the dippers have come in, at least at this point. Uh, let's just see what happens uh, off that opening bell. So a lot of things that we got covered here today, folks. Uh, great job. Thanks for joining us here on Pre-Market Prep and uh, back with you guys tomorrow morning. They want to talk SMCI. I got you. The stock made a new high again yesterday. SMCI and NVIDIA have not, the the bull, they will not let go of these stocks. This is like the two stocks that they just won't break. And this is also probably eventually. Yeah. But when does SMCI report? Is that report coming up? Let's take a look there. I'll, I'll grab it for you right now. But yeah, I mean, this is one of those stocks that I feel like, yeah, the trend is your friend until it isn't, right? And I, I always talk about when that. When the rug pull happens, line. it's going to be vicious. Vicious, but yeah. Right so, now, it's the hardest stock to short because you've yeah. got everything starting to look like, you know, toppy. Uh, are you ready? You ready? New highs. Hold your breath, Dennis. Tonight. Is it tonight? Tonight. tonight. Oh, it is. I even have it on my sheet. It's on my sheet. It's this is right the beginning. There. Will this be the beginning of the disaster? Will this be the beginning of the break? 
Well, maybe they this just blow it, it away. Maybe this turns the AI story back on again, too. It could go either way. I mean, if they, yeah. they the, the expectations are so high here. Like we talked about Apple going to the report saying they have ridiculously high expectations and they couldn't meet those expectations. Amazon had ridiculously high expectations, though, too, and they did. So it's not necessarily, you know, that it's going to just tank on the earnings. They need to absolutely blow it away, say I 200 call times on the call <laughs> and talk about how the AI earnings are going to be robust. We cannot hear AI earnings gradual. Might learn from Microsoft SMCI. On the call, the AI earnings have to be robust because people are saying this is a huge AI play here, and it very well might be. But, the, you know, this stock has went from 100 to $350 in two months. The expectations are very high. The top uh, outlook from analysts on uh, Wall Street, uh, just given today, Loop Capital raised the price target to 400 and I don't see anything else past 375. So we're at 348 here. That's my outlook. I, I just don't see too much on the upside. I see more return potential on the downside. We'll see what happens there on SMCI. Would I be shorting this stock? By no means. I think it's going to be more of a measurement Much of how less. AI is doing tomorrow. If we see this stock down to 300 or to 280s, oh yeah, I'm going to be worried about NVIDIA doing the same type of move. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I hope that's not going to happen. It's it's unbelievably resilient. We have to say that. There are hardly any stocks yeah, this one is from the last just still making new all-time highs. Yeah. This stock is unbelievable resilience. You wonder, you know, just if it doesn't get sold here today as profit takers come in, like a, like a Kenny. You know, are you holding that through the report? So it's down here five bucks here today. And, you know, we always like owning stocks in the reports, but you wonder if the opposite isn't true here. I'd be really nervous to hold it through the report. Not saying I don't know if it's going to miss, but I think intraday here before it reports is making a call intraday. I think you could see some selling pressure actually hit the stock. I think the stock could go down 10 or 12 points here today for the simple reason is that maybe, you know, people are going to want to book those gains before going through the report. And then after the report, it's a crapshoot. So I have no idea after four o'clock where this is going. But I kind of think that this actually could go down here today just because there's so many people sitting on gains. And I wouldn't want to hold it through the report if I was sitting on gains. So that's my thought process. But at four o'clock, who knows? We'll see what happens there. I uh, just wanted to give you guys at least, I uh, wanted to thank the UBS uh, analyst for raising Wayfair. <laughs> Yesterday, I went shorting it, Dennis. I had to, man. I was like, thank you, UBS. We talked about that at 90. And I was like, come on, man. Well, come on. I had to do it. I went short Wayfair nice. yesterday. Um, we'll see what happens, right? I think it's now important just to watch the daily and see if this starts to turn. Fill the gap. That's what I'm looking for first. Fill the gap down. Uh, make your way back towards 70, and then we'll see if this market really starts to break. This is just one of those bets where a stock has gone way too far, and I'm looking for it to start coming down. Bunch of stocks, I started seeing that yesterday. We've seen it in the upstart. Will they do it to Carvana? I think this is setting up also for a similar move right back down. Affirm, right back down. Look at the action here, guys. These momentum names They're are broken. starting to turn. Beyond Meat was a part of that. That's why it was such a wicked move right back down because it was already getting the lift before this. It was having a run before this. So you give me bad earnings and you are lifting. Well, I'll tell you, you should be right back down to where your evaluation was. Um, and so that's where we got to be careful on names like that uh, that are lifting Carvana, names like that. I, I don't, eventually these could turn around and it could be wicked. So would I be investing in Carvana? By no means necessary, at least for me. I'd be investing in a name like this. I don't think you can invest in any of these names. Like yeah, because they're just. But yeah, I mean, valuations are trade just them. But the problem is, to Mitch's point, is the the trend is breaking in a lot of these. The Carvana looks heavy, just like mm -hmm. Tesla looked heavy yesterday morning. We were talking about through two fifty, you know, and then it, and then they bought the dip again, right? Where they kind of thought you might buy the dip, that double bottom at two forty didn't quite get down. They got down to two forty two. Uh, but now it's the week here again. So it these certain stocks are just looking like the momentum is breaking. And that's an issue too. I mean, it's not like, you know, you just go bang and then you crash like Black Monday all in 27% one day. You know, most of the time they crash and then they get, you know, you get some hits, get some generals start to get taken out and then it starts to spill over. But I just keep thinking like, I want to be selling into rips more than I want to be buying into dips. And I'll finish on that.
I agree. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. And I think we'll be all looking to see what happens, right? Of course, we've been seeing correction. We've been seeing some stocks pull back. Dennis has been mentioning how some of these reports, right, are just not getting the same love that they were getting. Let's pay attention to see if this trend continues. Of course, tonight, that will be a big report to take a look at, SMCI, to see how that keeps moving. And keep your eyes out on these tech names, right? I'm still seeing Microsoft drop. It's now down about 10.5% from that earnings report. Will that continue to drop? Will that Apple continue to drop? Those are the names that I want to see come back if the Bulls want to bring this back. We'll see what happens. Keep up with Triple D Trader, Dennis Dick. Go do what you do best, my friend. Go get after it. All right, guys. We'll bring you guys over now to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere, team. We got a lot more to get to. And Jay, you like it on dips? I don't know. I don't know about all that. Earnings reports, I think, are not really mattering that much right now, Jay. But hey, to each his own. If you guys like uh, Wayfair on dips and Carvana, I put them all in the same boat. But we'll see what happens today. Let's get to the action. Let's go to live trading. That's coming up next. And then later today, of course, I will be doing the book club. Yes, we have over 600 members on the book club growing every single week. So if you guys want to join the book club, hit that link and I will see you guys later tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Of course, it's only about 30 minutes, so it's a quick little session. We'll be going through two more interviews as we continue, of course, in our latest book, of course, Market Wizards, Market Wizards by Jack D. Swagger. Who's a market wizard out there or who wants to be a market wizard? Interviews with top traders. Check it out, team. It's not a bad book. We've been running through it. I'm going to keep running through it on the book club. So join us as we keep going to the next level. We'll see what happens. Like always, hit the like button and come over to live trading. We're starting up right now.